Boker Tov, we're going to start the class with a little treat today. There's a beautiful video of Rabbi Sachs going around. Here it is. So the woman opens up and she asks him the following question. That's a beautiful quote. That you just did. I actually, I, we started off, I started off telling you about my parents and it just comes to mind. I remember my father said to us that the last time he saw you, you remembered my mother had asked you a question. Why do bad things happen to good people? And you said to my father, tell your wife, I still don't have an answer for her. I was wondering if you had any more insight. <laughs> yes, I do, actually. Oh. God does not want us to understand why bad things happen to good people. Because if we ever understood, we would be forced to accept that bad things happen to good people. And God does not want us to accept those bad things. He wants us not to understand so that we will fight against the bad and the injustices of this world. And that is why there is no answer to that question because God has arranged that we shall never have an answer. So the idea, the idea is, imagine a world, imagine a world in which you could look at somebody suffering and you understood exactly why it was happening. Do you know what you would say? You'd say, I guess I don't have to help him then. You look at a person who's struggling with financially and you understood exactly why Borei Olam is doing that to him. Would you, would you give tzedakah? You see somebody who's struggling with health and you understand exactly what Borei Olam's plan is. Would you pray? He said it in, like a, in, a, in a minute. So he just explained the whole thing in just so fast. So, so he's saying there's, we always say there's no answer to that question. But there's a reason there's no answer to that question. And the reason is because if there was an answer to that question, then we would all become, we would all become, Self, uh, uh, we would all become numb to numb, the suffering, yes, yes. to the suffering of other people. No feeling. And Bore Olam did not want us to become numb to the suffering of other people. He wants us to fight for it. He wants us to fight for them and to help people and to fight against the injustices in the world. It's such a beautiful idea. Yes, because that's also, we are mimicking Hashem. He does the same thing. Right. So uh, a little bit on Rabbi Sachs. Um, uh, we owe, in this class specifically, we owe a, a debt of gratitude to Rabbi Sachs because much of the methodology we use in understanding and interpreting the Torah and appreciating the, the philosophical insights that are in the Torah come from his approach, his, his approach to the Torah. What, what was special about him was that he, he was a wisdom seeker. He, he was extremely, extremely well-read, maybe one of the most well-read people of our time. But he wasn't just well-read in, in the Torah. He was well-read in all of the philosophies. He was an expert in economics, in psychology, in philosophy, in, um, in, in political science, in, in all of the humanities. He knew all of history. I mean, you look, I, I was reading a 600-page, I never finished it, but I tried to read a 600-page history of Israel 
and I see one of the people on the back who's writing like a blurb about how good the book is, is Lord Jonathan Sachs. Now, he, he reads, he, he really read every single thing that was out there. Um, and what was beautiful about it was that he used all of the wisdom that he had acquired and all of the knowledge he acquired to show us the brilliance in the Torah itself. And that's kind of the approach we, we'd like to take, is for people to learn to appreciate the glory and the beauty and the brilliance behind the Torah, not by understanding Midrashim, not by going into Kabbalah, not by going into Zohar, but by seeing the depth that's in the Peshat, by seeing the depth that's in the simple meaning, that people never really probe. You know, like, we, I get a lot of comments about the class, wow, this, is so, this stuff is so original, we never heard this stuff. And it's not, it's not, I'm not, I'm not saying anything novel, it's the fact that we, the problem in the Jewish people is that people have not learned the Torah in the depth of its simple meaning. Meaning the simple understanding of the Torah without the Midrashim and without the Kabbalah by and all of that already... by itself is so incredibly deep, but nobody even appreciates the depth of that. And that was, that was Rabbi Sachs's style, was to appreciate the depth of the simple meaning of the Torah. He, there, in, his, in his introduction to the Haggadah of Pesach, he gave a very, very beautiful description. I'm going to maybe bring it tomorrow. He gave a, I, I don't know it offhand, but he gave a br- brilliant description of, in basically in one paragraph, what his approach to the study of Torah is. I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm going to bring it tomorrow, but, but one more thing. Um, he, I, I told you this before, but his rabbi was, happens to have been the rabbi I studied under in, in yeshiva in Israel. So I went to yeshiva called Ma'ale Adumim. Berkat Moshe, it's an Israeli yeshiva. In, uh, in, in, in a city called Male Adumim. And the chief rabbi there was named Rabbi Nahum Eliezer Rabinovich. And he was the rabbi of Rabbi Sachs. Rabbi Sachs is, is his, was a very interesting story. He wasn't religious growing up. He, I think he was in Cambridge. And then at, he became religious maybe in his late 20s, early 30s, something like that. He, had, he, had a, he, he spoke to the Lubavitcher Rebbe and then the Lubavitcher Rebbe inspired him a little. Then he went and he studied in, in London with the rabbi that ended up becoming the chief, the, the head rabbi of the yeshiva I went to. So I remember we, whenever we were in my year in Israel, six years ago or so, whatever, seven years ago at this point, he, we would say, we, we would find Rabbi Sachs when he would visit Israel, we would find his speeches. So we would go as, as a group because a lot of us liked him. So we would go and then afterwards we would go and say, hi, we're the delegation from Mala Adumim. <laughs> And then he would say, he's like, how was my Rebbe? And, and, and then any time he visited Israel, he would come to Ma'ala Adumim, and he would, nobody would know. And he would go visit the, the, our rabbi's house. And he would come. So we owe a lot. His whole school of thought and his methodology is what we're constantly engaged in in the class. And um, I think it's a testament to, you know, you know the, a person lives on through his teachings. And I don't think there's anybody who's living on Oh, we lost two amazing people yes. this, this weekend. Yes. Both people are, are living on through their teaching and yes. through their students. So Be'ezer Hashem, it should be a zakhut for them. And uh, we should continue to, to gain from what they have put out. This haftarah this week is the haftarah at the beginning of Melachim. The very, very beginning of Melachim talks about David Melach's passing or his near, his, 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 as he's approaching death, his, when he's on his deathbed. And what's interesting, what happens to David is that he has designated Shilomo 
to become king. But lo and behold, there is intrigue in the court of the king and another son decides to step yes. up and become a king. So what's fascinating to me is that, is that what happens here is very similar to what's happening right now in the United States. <laughs> at the end of the day, look, it, pro- it looks like Biden is going to be president. It doesn't look like they're going to, anything's going to be overturned. But at the end of the day, everybody, I mean, everybody who's sensible and is fair agrees that every single presidential candidate gets a chance to litigate and let the courts decide if the election was held fairly or not. Al Gore did the same exact thing in 2000. He had 35, 37 37 days days he had to decide and and everybody gave him his fair shot. When you lose, you get to litigate and you get to let the courts hear your claims. And if your claims have legitimacy, then there's a chance that, that the courts will decide in your favor. Not necessarily going to happen, but but now what happens is if you want to make the process very difficult, then what do you do? You proclaim that this that the, the race is over early. So what is the media doing right now? So the media obviously is all left wing. So the media already proclaimed that, that the presidency has been decided, that there's no evidence, that there's no this, that there's no that. And there may not be evidence. But what they're trying to do is make it much harder so that if evidence does come out they cannot go now back. the other side is not going to accept it because everybody is already so convinced and so used to the fact that biden is the president it's by force so so what happens and and, and this is always a concern it's always a concern when the transition of power that someone is going to get up and announce that that i am the next one and people are going to start to follow him because who is going to stop it it, it starts a process that's very, very, very hard to stop. So the same thing what the media is doing is that it's making it more complicated because let's say a 3% chance that the courts say that, wait, we could discount 40,000 of these ballots in Pennsylvania or whatever and, and Trump actually has uh, the majority, then the other side is, is already so used to and convinced that Biden is a president that there's going to be a rift in the country. And then this is, a, so that's what the media is doing. As usual, the media, the same way they always, uh, they always, they're always on the wrong side when it comes to Israel. They seem to be on the wrong side of everything. And um, Baruch Hashem, uh, I, I, it seems like the American people have learned not to trust them anymore, but that's for another time. Uh, now let's read what happened in David's time, and we could. It's 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 so it's so relevant. <laughs> it's it's so funny how relevant it is. Okay. And King David was old. He had he had come in years, and they covered him with clothes, and it would not warm him. Yes. And a person gets old and sick, they just always feel cold. What do they bring? So the servants say, let us find a young woman who is a virgin who will come before the king and will be a servant to the king but will also sit next to the king and sit in the king's lap so that the body warmth may warm the per- Apparently David was suffering a lot where he's, he's always freezing cold. And the only thing that would help him was the, the body warmth from another human being. You know, it, it wouldn't have made sense. He's an old man. So I don't look at this. I mean, the text says explicitly, yeah, the, 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 te- the text says explicitly that he didn't know her intimately. Meaning, yeah. meaning it's more of like, um, like, a, like a father-daughter kind of, like a, it's not, it's not a, it's not a, it doesn't have that kind of sexual innuendo and connotation at all. Okay? They looked for a beautiful woman in all of the, the, the 
boundaries of Israel. They find a woman, Abishag, from Shunem, and they bring her to the king. She's very beautiful. And she was, for the king, a servant, and she served him, or she was a warmer, and she served him, and the king did not know her. That's what it means. Yeah, that's what it means. The king did not know her. Yes. Okay? And hopefully, the clothes... Could not warm him up. Hopefully, the body warms oh, true. Body, from the body, warmth. Body yeah, warmth does have a, a, a naked more, body warms yeah. much more right. than even with the clothes. Right. Right. Now, Adonia ben Chagit, right, Adonia was the fourth son of David Melech. He mitnaseh. You know what mitnaseh is in modern Hebrew it means somebody who's arrogant. He's mitnaseh. He, so he gets himself. He becomes arrogant to say, "I am going to be king." And he makes for himself a chariot with, uh, with, uh, with um, riders. riders and 50 people were running before him, right? The 50 people in the media, the 50 news companies were running before him. And his father, the, proud, the reason Adonia had the gall to claim that he was king is because when he was growing up, his father never gave him attention. No, he never, never reprimanded him. He never oh, told him why are you doing this. So he never, oh, right, right, right. he never saddened him. He never gave him vitamin N. You know, they say vitamin N. Vitamin no. Right? He never gave him vitamin no. So and and his father had never saddened him, saying, Why did you do this? And he was also very good looking. And he was born after Avshalom. Avshalom is dead at this point. Avshalom was the previous son who thought he was king. So Avshalom being the oldest in line, who is, not, who is dead, if he is after Avshalom, he seems, okay, I'm next. So I should be king. And his words, and he, and he brought on board on his campaign, Yoav ben Surya and Eviatara Kohen, and they joined and they helped uh, Adonia. Yoav was, was previously general for, for David. So, so what that means, if it's, it's as if, it's like, it's like saying uh, Jared Kushner goes and joins the Biden administration. corrupted the, right? the administration. If, 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 if Biden wants to really get himself to become established so that everybody accepts him, he has to get Jared Kushner on his team. Like what's happening with Fox News right now. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. you see everything. <laughs> exactly. Biden has successfully exactly. gotten Fox News. Exactly. So now everybody's like, look. Because they are the ones who made this mess. So, 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 like, this switch or sorry, switch. So, okay. What is what? talking about? Look, I'm, by the way, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I, I believe that Trump won. I'm just saying clearly there has to be, let the litigation play out. Everybody gets their, every presidential candidate gets their shot. And then in 95% chance, they, it's going to be, remain the same thing. But you, you, let, you could let the... Okay, you could let it play out. The son of the owner is very... Okay. Again, I'm not making any political statement. I'm just saying it's just very similar to what's going on today. And Sadok... And Uvnayahu and Natana Navi, Vishimi, Virei, and all the strong people that were to David were not with Adonia. So there were a lot of the top people in, still, in the David administration. Still, still in David. Right, right, exactly. So, uh, they stayed uh, the, faithful. Right, faithful. right. So Eric Trump like, still remained like, in the Trump like, administration. Like, it's, it's exactly what's happening today. Right, Amazing, exactly. Yeah. Okay. 
צאן ובקר ומרי עם אבן הזוחלת אשר אצל אין רוגל ויקרא את כל אחיו בני המלך ולכו לאנשי יהודה עבדי המלך. אדוניה הדיר קורבנות, אם אבן הזוחלת, in a place called אבן הזוחלת, in וילמינגטון דלוואר, אשר אצל אין רוגל, ויקרא את כל אחד בני המלך, ואני קולד כל אחד בני המלך, וכל אנשי יהודה עבדי המלך, אני קולד כל אחד בני המלך, וכל אנשי יהודה עבדי המלך, ואני קולד כל אחד בני המלך, וכל אנשי יהודה עבדי המלך, ואני קולד כל אחד בני המלך, ואת נתן הנביא ובניהו ואת הגיבורים ואת שלמה אחיו לא קרא, את נתן הנביא ובניהו and all the people we said that stayed, that did not join, he did not call any of them. So, uh, uh, and, and wh- by the way, why is this dangerous? Why is this dangerous for Batsheva? Why is this dangerous for Natan? Why is this dangerous for Benayahu? Could be casted out afterwards. Not casted out. What, what typically... What the immoral kings yeah. amongst the Goyim do is you erase, you eradicate everybody, everybody. from the previous administration. Everybody. Because anybody who has any potential leanings that are not in your favor, you want to get them out. Yes. So even if they were on their own and family members, up. they would clean, clean it up. Clean up. So the assumption is Adonia knows that he's trying to take it illegitimately. And he knows that there's going to be pushback. So if he gets enough people to follow him and he gets enough strength... Then Adonia is just going to wipe out the rest of the family. So Batsheva is going to be killed. Shilomo is going to be killed. Natana Navi is going to be killed. Wow. All these people are going to be That's wiped out. So specifically saying they weren't called. They, they weren't called, which means that Adonia knew that they, were, that they were not for him. And if he knows that you're not for me, that means once he has the power, he's, going to kill. he's probably done. Uh, interestingly, it's, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that, you know, humans are very predictable. And, and we always say, and I, and I always say this, that the humans haven't changed in 3,000 years. So a lot of the behaviors that the Torah predicts will occur in humans. Is the same. Is the same. And, and, and what's interesting is, you know, the, the communists, so you're familiar with the communists, right? Because yes. you're from Italy. Yes. So they, they have a very, they had a very standard way of doing things, you know, and it's all documented in history. But apparently the way they did things is so natural to human beings that people today do things the same way without even realizing it. And then we tell them, hello, we know what happens when you act like this. The communists did it once and they killed 100 million people. Do not behave like that. And they still do it because it's so innate. It's so innate in the human character to, to behave like that. So I was looking. I couldn't believe my eyes. I think Yimach Shema, AOC from New York, she, she put out a text. She said, when are we going to have accountability for all those people who supported Trump? The names. Yeah, we, we need to make names. a list of names uh, to, for accountability for all the people. And, then, and I'm like, that's a very communist thing to say, you know. Com- com- communists would come and say, uh, yeah, we need, we need accountability for all the people who, who, thought, who did not think Stalin was God. And what does accountability mean? So right now... You're going to have to wipe them out. Right? I mean, I'm not saying she's there yet, but you could see the progress of the fascist she's mind. Say, she's saying you know? it. That means she's thinking. Wait, wait for it, and then it develops. Then she gets power, and then the power corrupts her. And then that accountability turns to, okay, maybe we'll just ship them off to somewhere else, like a gulag. You know what a gulag is? Gulag was in the Soviet Union. Them. It was the cities that they, that they put for prisoners of, of, the, of the state. So it's very interesting how people that fall into this trap of, of communist mentality or of whatever it is of this Avodah Zarah mentality, 
they always end up doing the same exact things. AFC, and and it's so interesting because it's so it's so documented. It's so documented how these people behave and what is going to be the, the end of, the of when all this happens. But, but people are blinded to their own, Hashem you know, human, humans are humans. They, they'll act the same way every time, you know, they don't know history and they'll, they'll repeat it because there's something innate in the, hum, in the human being that makes us do the same thing every time. Okay, very political class today. By Omar Natan, El Bat Sheva, Em Shalomol Emor, Halo Shamat, so Natan Hanavi says to Bathsheba, the mother of Shalomah, who is the rightful king, she says, did you know that Adonia became king and they did not, and David does not know about it. David isn't aware that, uh, that Adonia became king. Oh, he, cor- he crowned himself. He crowned himself. He crowned himself without David being there. Right. <laughs> And now go, I will give you, and I, I'll give you some advice. And, uh, and save your soul and save the soul of your son, Shalom. Your son Shalomo. Meaning yes. say, actually save his soul. Yes. Because he's going to be killed. Yes. So go to King David and say, Look, why is Adonia the king? I'm, gonna, I'm going to skim now. Now you're going to go and you're going to be speaking with the king, asking him why Adonia became king. And then I'm going to walk in after you and I'm going to say the same thing. So from David's perspective, all of a sudden Bathsheba is speaking to him and then the Navi rushes in frantically and he starts saying the same thing so then it it, it becomes it, real it shows a sense of urgency so they want they're trying to create a sense of urgency for David so that David says wait this is not going to happen okay so Bathsheba comes to the king and he, he's there with Avishag the, the servant that we spoke about she bows to the king and she says and the king says what do you want and she says my master you promised with, uh, with the name of Hashem to your servant, meaning your maid servant, me, Bathsheba, that Shalomo would be the next king. And now you don't crown. know, but Adonia has now taken the crown and he's crowned himself. And he called all of his people and to Yoav, your previous general, and he called all these people. Now everybody's looking to you to see what you decide because David Amelech is the Supreme Court. Everybody is looking to the Supreme Court to see what the Supreme Court will say. Okay? Who will be the rightful king after him? Now, Adonia is trying to jump the gun to make it very hard for the Supreme Court. Meaning, Adonia knows that David won't necessarily agree. So, but, so what is Adonia trying to do? He's trying to get enough support behind him so that to diminish the ability of David to overturn what exactly is happening. Now, if David will want to overturn now what Adonia has done, it's not enough to just pronounce Shlomo as king. He now has to outdo the ceremony oh. that Adonia did so that people leave Adonia and now come to Shlomo and said, which is... The mob over. He has to... Exactly. It's, a, it's all the discussion of what the mob will do. He has, now it's a muscle game. It's become a muscle game instead of a simple... It's very difficult now because he, now there's a mob. There's a movement. There's a movement and he has to move that movement 
to Shlomo instead. Okay? And when you pass away, me and Shilomo will be sinners. And she was still speaking when Natan and Davi walks in as planned. And the, the servant said to the king, by the way, Natan has walked in. So he comes before the king. Did you say that Adonia is going to be king? King, and that he's going to be the one to sit on my throne. And he called all these people, and he brought all these people to support him. And he did not call me, he didn't call me, he didn't call all, he didn't call Aviatar, he didn't call Benayao uh, Benoyada. Was this from before the king? And she comes before the king. Now David, the king, promises and he says, uh, Long live God who pada et who who redeemed my life from all difficulty. What a beautiful way of describing God because David's life is so difficult, was so difficult and he knows God through his difficulty. So who redeemed my life through all of the difficulty. As I promised you, as I promised you that Shilomo will be king after me, and he will be on my throne after me. This is what I will do today. And she bows to him, thankfully. And she bows to the king. And she says, let David live forever. Okay? She actually took God and made God his, his partner in making sure that he's successful. Right, right. But it's, uh, you see all of the intrigue in the story. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot of, this is a very instructive story for the political. I and, think there is a reason that we are reading it this week. There's, yeah, really. It's a reason that I think Hashem gave us a message. Maybe it's a message that the courts will overturn things. I don't know. You never know. Maybe the Supreme Court is going to come and say, Shilomo <laughs> Okay, Baruch Adonai Amen.